Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello? Look, I'm going to level with you. I have my own things to deal with. After all, we are about to crap a lovely landing. The Orphans, an original cinematic audio drama, is now available. And now, The Orphans Facility, an exciting new prequel series. Catch up with Season 1 with new episodes of Facility coming bi-weekly. The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBear here, and we are back, back, back again with another Microsoda. This time, we are talking Loki from Disney+. Plus. Uh, I am currently joined by BJ. Hello. And by Eric. Hello. And you may possibly hear the voice of Brian um, a little bit later into this conversation. He is not able to join us at the start of this, but is hoping to join... Um, later probably about halfway through this uh, episode however if he does not make it and you do not hear him at the end of this episode just pretend i never said anything send him hate mail (laughs) (laughs) uh so we are here to discuss loki loki is an american television series created by michael waldron for the streaming service disney plus based on marvel comics featuring the character of the same name Set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU, it shares continuity with the films of the franchise and takes place after the events of the film Avengers Endgame, in which an alternate version of Loki created a new timeline. Loki is produced by Marvel Studios, with Waldron serving as head writer and Kate Heron directing for the first season. Loki premiered on June 9, 2021. Its first season, consisting of six episodes, concluded on July 14th and is part of Phase 4 of the MCU. It received positive reviews with praise for the performances, musical score, and visuals. A second season is in development. Spoiler alert. 
there is a second season. This is the first of the shows that actually has a second season in development. Uh, so far, all of the ones that we've been given really blend themselves to be a single season storyline. What If is the only other one that I know of that we will be getting soon that um, has the potential for more seasons because, you know, it's What If stories. They can do whatever they want with it. But to get a second season of Loki is kind of interesting, but we can see how it was set up for that throughout the uh, the first season. Uh, joining us, not making a liar out of me and joining us a lot sooner than we expected. Brian is also with us today. Hello, hello. Sorry for the delay. I'm very excited to talk about Loki, though. I did not want to miss this because this was one of my favorite Marvel shows. Uh, I mean, we've had a lot, but uh, it is probably up there, if not over uh, others that I've, you know, I've seen and we've talked about. From Marvel TV, newly proper, as opposed to uh, Hulu and Netflix and ABC. ABC. (laughs) All the other form. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. I forget that uh, Runaways was a, and um, Cloak and Dagger were Cloak freeform. Yeah, were I forget they were actual like television shows. I just think of them as Hulu TV. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, freeform, ABC, um, Netflix, all of those. But uh, yeah, so let's dive in. Um, I think we should do it our old school way. Let's start out with some of the things that we enjoyed. Uh, so BJ, I know that you were chomping at the bit, like a certain variant to, uh, <laughs> talk some Loki. So why not share your positive takeaways from, uh, the first season of Loki on Disney plus. So I'm going to go ahead and, and spoiler alert this. I actually had no misgivings whatsoever for the show at all. It honestly, the pacing was perfect. Um, and I should, I'll go ahead before we start talking about this. I mean, obviously, if you haven't watched it, what's wrong with you? Steal somebody's Disney Plus, uh, Disney Plus account <laughs> password and watch, watch the fucking thing. Um, but no, I honestly, it had an emotional depth that one, I wasn't prepared for. And that made me a little mad because WandaVision thoroughly trounced the fuck out of my heart. Um, so it had an emotional depth that I absolutely loved. It had uh, the score was mesmerizing, and Brian, I think you you posted uh, when it was it was posted up on Spotify, and for probably a solid week, I was listening to the uh, all all the tracks that they had posted at the time, um, similar to Wandavision. Um, but honestly, the thing I loved most about the whole show was actually the finale of season one, mostly because you had this perfect build for Loki and Sylvie where Loki got to kind of rush through his own development through the MCU, but he never got to experience it. And then you have Sylvie who's kind of just, she's, she's in pain. She's angry. And you have Loki that knows exactly what's going to happen if she doesn't stow that shit, if she doesn't let at least let enough of it go um and the absolute what was funny is they they did this wonderful kind of bait and switch where it was pretty obvious that it was going to be immortus or a version of a variant of kang the conqueror um 
and that performance uh that was he was in lovecraft country uh jonathan majors. jonathan majors yes jonathan and like this whole idea that you're introducing a big bad for another movie but it's not actually him that you're introducing it's just a different version of him so i really hope season two we get to see all sorts of different versions of kang that would be absolutely fantastic I feel like you're going to get to see that a lot sooner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, also, we should be very clear. It is not Kang no. and he is not Immortus, even though he is very similar to Immortus. In it, fact, I argue he is more Immortus than he who remains, who is actually a distinct character in Marvel. And they've sort of conflated all of these similar things like Citadel at the end of time, which is where they find uh, he who remains yep. is actually also the Chronopolis, even though it's actually the Citadel, not the Chronopolis, but Kang's fortress is the Chronopolis. So basically the writers took a lot of Marvel, like time travel stuff and kind of like built it around Kang. And then that's what we got. I, 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 lo- I love that. Like, I absolutely love that. He was kind of this mismatch mishmash of, of all these kind of big, like multiversal time stream characters, because when you play with time travel, it gets wonky, like like it. No matter what, it's going to get a little bit messy. But the way they kind of figured it out for the show was wonderful. Um, but yeah, my favorite part of the entire series is definitely the finale because with Wandavision and uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, th- since they're just limited series, the ends definitely. I won't say it diminished the finale but it kind of felt watered down for those finales when you're like, okay, now it's going into a movie. It's going into a bunch of movies. So it's, it's, it it kind of deflates in a way, but with Loki seeing as it's getting a season two and it has definite ramifications upon the movie universe and everything else. um, It, I don't know, just maybe it's because it's getting a season two and it's not directly leading into a, like a singular movie. Um, maybe that's it, but honestly, this almost feels like a weird sort of Marvel version of Doctor Who that we're kind of, we've kind of fallen into. And I absolutely love, I, I, I absolutely love that about the show, but no, the finale definitely knocked it out of the park for me. Um, and I'm, I'm salivating for the next season. And what uh, what else they can do with Tom Hiddleston? And honestly, and this is gonna this is gonna make me a horrific pessimist right here. The heartbreak Tom Hiddleston on his face when Sylvie tossed him through that door, I was like, oh, like it it was fa- like fantastic, but also it was like it was genuinely heartbreaking to see her make the decision that she did. Um. So I I can't wait for her to come back. Like I honestly, yeah, but the the best thing about the show for me, I mean, besides like start to finish, was definitely the finale. Awesome, Eric. What were some uh, positive takeaways for for you from Loki? Uh, visuals were amazing. I love the TVA. I want I want to go there in Disney World, Disneyland. Now you can go there now. Modern jukebox. <laughs> that would be playing all the time in the TVA. I feel like in your in your world. If anyone wants to go to the TVA right now, 
and they don't mind traveling. And honestly, I would recommend probably not traveling too far, but Atlanta, if you go to the Marriott uh, Marquis, which is a major hotel for Dragon Con. I know you're familiar with it. Oh, very familiar. That is the big shot where it's like all the levels and the, the there's statues in the middle, which there's no statues in real life, but the elevators in the middle, like, it's uh there's a great article up on polygon i'll have to put up on the website that talks about all the visual influences so yes uh you can go there now eric i i just love that 70s retro futuristic it's so good i mean um the way their library files were all organized and looked like an old library it was just uh uh ms minute was amazing (laughs) tara strong is just fantastic in anything she does um but you know it's killed some people you 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 know she's (laughs) she's a devious little clock um um, somebody somebody said that they got this they got the same vibes from miss minute as they did with like bill cypher from gravity falls (laughs) (laughs) um let's see here other things the just learning with Loki how powerless he is in the TVA. Just that one scene where they they're in that office and they open the drawer to the cart and there's just all those infinity stones there. And it's like, well, what's even the point? Like everything we everything we know is nothing. Yeah. You know? Um oh, it's just so good. I, I wish we could have had more Loki variants. I understand why we just focused on the two of them and just saw a little bit of it in episode five and six, but that would just be great to have all these different. And I'm thinking in season two, we might see more variants of more different superheroes and whatnot, which would be fantastic. Oh yeah. Like live action. What ifs like that would be amazing. That would be the point where I would want to see Storm as Thor from the comic come in. Oh my god. <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> if that were ever to happen. But yeah, um, Dr. Loki or Loki Who, whichever way you want to call it, was just, <laughs> just, just a great series. And even when I pulled up the episodes and their um, little uh, synopsises, I was like, oh, wow, they did all that in just the six episodes. Yeah, that's right. They were just... And what's her name? Uh, Gugu Mabatha-Ra, who plays uh, Renslayer. Oh, she's so good. And I can't wait to see more from that character. Absolutely. Yeah. The Terminatrix. (laughs) You guys remember reading the Terminatrix objective? Because I do. <laughs> she's huge in that. I mean, basically, it was this whole Avengers. Uh, I think it crossed over. It was like an annuals crossover, and I hadn't thought about that comic in years, like decades. And then Renslayer shows up, and I'm reading about her. I'm going back. I'm like, oh my god, that's her. Uh, <laughs> they had some great representation in this cast. I love her, and I love um, what's her name? Uh, I can never say it. Wunmi Mosaku. Uh, who played uh, uh, Hunter B-15. Yeah, she and she was the sister. She was uh, the older sister, Letty's older sister in Lovecraft Country. Yep. 
And yeah. she's fantastic. I love her. I'm, I'm very excited that the two of them are going to be back um, for the next season. Also, like I'm, I'm very interested to see what uh, he who remains, what kind of weird plan he rolled out with uh, Miss, with him and Miss Minutes uh, sent her whatever errand they sent her on. So, I'm, I'm thinking that because Kang is going to be the movie villain, I'm thinking Renslayer is going to end up being the villain of Loki season two. And like, that's just how they'll do it. That is possible. Yeah. Ryan, what are some uh, positive takeaways from Loki for you? So you guys have already touched on a lot of it. Natalie Holt's score. Amazing. The use of a theremin in the score uh, blew my mind. And every time I could listen to it, like BJ said, I've listened to it over I, and over again. I want a theremin now. <laughs> They're so cheap. You can get one for a couple, like a hundred, like a hundred. You can make one. But anyway, long story short, theremins are amazing. You should play more of them. Hopefully someday I actually can make my world debut as the Leona theremin, theremini, uh, playing my theremin. Uh, so what else we got? Uh, the Mike, Michael Waldron is the uh, creator of the show. And what's funny is when you hear his background, you'll be like, oh, that makes sense. He did Rick and Morty, Community, Doc, and he's writing a script for Doctor Strange's uh, Multiverse of Madness. And I was, and he, he got brought on later, so he's been through oh, a few wow. hands. But, uh, and, so, and his, Eric, to your point about the, the sort of brutalist, uh, mid-century modern, retro-futurist sort of look they were going for, uh, the words uh, that uh, Walton, Waldron used is Mad Men meets Blade Runner. So it's fantastic. It's perfect, yeah, right? Sorry. That's exactly it. Um, I mean, I assume it's like Blade Runner. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's thank you for that gift that keeps on giving. Oh, we'll have to. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, I don't even know. Go back and dig in the, the lore, you'll find it. Uh, I'm sure we got a wiki, right? Uh, Kate Heron, who is the director uh, of, I believe, most, if not all the episodes, she uh, has done a few things, a lot of short films, but um, Daybreak, she did some of the episodes in Daybreak, and that visual style that she has in terms of her directing was amazing. The Lamentous. The episode when they're on the planet that's about to get uh, pulverized, amazing. Oh, there's two episodes, I guess. Um, but that is one of the most, like, there's this whole scene where they're in a city. And this city and the, the way they shoot Loki and Sylvie, which spoilers, by the way, if we haven't already said, Loki's female variant is named Sylvie. You probably know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, they're, they're running around fighting, trying to escape. Um, some of the best television, some of the best visual stylistic directing I've seen in forever. Um all the location shots in and around Atlanta. Great. They dressed them up perfectly. You'd never know it was Atlanta. Uh, I love Owen Wilson in this so much. And I, <laughs> I, I realized that I kind of love Owen Wilson and I've forgotten because of all the, um, uh, Oh, what's the director? I love uh, Wes Anderson films that he's in. Wow. Um, yeah. He never you. wowed. He never wowed during this. Series. <laughs> no, he's kind of a, understated surly version of the character he normally plays which speaking of which is kind of funny if you've ever seen miracle workers on tbs and now i guess hbo max i don't know uh that owen wilson was supposed to play the god character that steve buscemi is playing really and when you watch it you're like oh that would never have worked oh, so no. wisely he, he left at one point but anyway that's just it was random aside um what else oh my god tom hiddleston's amazing loki's always been such a fantastic breakthrough character and in so many ways, Loki's success in the movies of Marvel have helped him be a more fully realized and sort of complex character in the comics. So I love the interplay between the two. Um, and then last but not least, I, I, I mean, Richard E. Grant. 
oh my god anytime richard e grant shows up in anything is just a treat he is the actor british actor uh uh god plays so many things uh he was the classic loki in that ridiculous kirby <laughs> i think it was kirby who may have designed that but or, or yeah i would say kirby but yeah, it was fact check me uh, that outfit's so ridiculous and fantastic and and <laughs> just getting not even two full episodes, but whatever, like of him there playing this like classic Loki, but not really because he's not evil. He's kind of like, you know, he's lived so long like he he's the Loki who survived. Right. He's the one who just kind of made it through Thanos, actually got out, got away, hid away forever and then came back and got busted when he needed some uh, some uh, some love. So I I this whole show is such a treat. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to take all the good stuff because there's so much, but um, obviously I, I enjoyed it. Very nice. So um, y'all have touch, touched on a lot of the things that uh, I would have said. I like the show. I, I don't know if I was as enthralled with it as everybody else, but it was one of those things that I did find myself making sure that I watched when it came out because I wanted to see it. Going back and watching uh, the new Rockstar's Easter egg video so I can... Uh, figure out the things that I should have known that I did not know. (laughs) Uh, But uh, two major variant things that I loved about the show, the uncredited Chris Hemsworth cameo as Throg in the (laughs) glass jar as they pan through the ground uh, in the void at the end of time. And uh, of course, the breakout star of the show, Alligator Loki. Because who doesn't love a side-eye, eye-rolling alligator that didn't actually roll his eyes, but the way they filmed it and the way they did it with the um, the blink, just making it fit as an eye-roll was stupendous. It just... So much character in uh, in an alligator. I was thoroughly impressed. Some Somebody at Disney has, like, this, like, like with Grogu... And now, uh, like Gator Loki, like somebody out there knows how to make their 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 plushy mascots for the shows, it, and it is uh, like the the moment that it goes on sale, I'm getting one. Like, not even joking. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's just everything that you could ever need. And they're gonna sell so many like Loki headbands for everyone to put on their pets. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> cannot cannot wait. I need oh those my in my life. Uh, Frog Thor in any and all forms is always welcome. If you've never read the Pet Avengers, Frog <laughs> Thor plays a f- big role in that. Uh, but he, you know, obviously he's been around for a while. Oh, and sorry, I don't know. Pl- please use his actual name. It's Throg. Oh well, <laughs> sure, Throg. Uh, Throg. It is Throg. I, I don't. Is it always been that, or is that like a new version? Yeah. Okay. No, well, it's all. Go. Yeah, it's always been Throg. I thought frog Thor. Anyway, I like saying it, but um, uh, the helicopter, we, we, we'd be remiss if you, if you are not paying close enough attention and trust me, it goes by so fast. You could easily miss it. Look back on as a second or third to last episode is when they're in the, uh, the void or whatever. There is a reference to a ridiculous part of Marvel continuity that uh, is, is uh, yeah, to this day, it's kind of a weird uh, 60s, 70s ism. Uh, Thanos, who all of us, you know, you know, from the MCU and comics, Thanos is this mighty titan of whatever and, and, and world uh, universe ender. He um he had a yellow helicopter at one point. He liked to fly around in, you know, like you do. And uh, it's referenced. There is a visual gag in the in the void of the yellow helicopter. And it is 
amazing. I'm so happy that that's there, even though it's the most ridiculous thing ever. I actually think I might, I don't have like the, the toy of the, the helicopter, but they put like a car out, like a, what is a Hot Wheels car? And I think it actually, did I have it or Pat, did you have it? I remember one of us had that little like car and I think it had the helicopter like graphic on it or something. It it, it was, it was like a little Hot Wheels car and it had Thanos' face on the, on the hood, right? No, I think it had, well, it may be on the packaging, but it definitely referenced the ridiculousness the, of Thanos. The, the Thanos copter? Of the Thanos copter, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which not only is it yellow, it actually says Thanos on the side, as if yeah, it couldn't be branding. Branding is key, right? Exactly. <laughs> as we have learned right lately in Orlando, or if you're following the Orlando bar scene, branding is key. Oh boy, God damn! Um, yeah, but there were a lot of uh, Easter eggs for different things. There was a giant yellow jacket uh, helmet in the void. There were a oh, lot yeah. of things that if you weren't really paying attention you would not have realized we're there, which is why those videos are fantastic because I don't have the time to sit there and look for things. But when you tell me what's going on, I go, Oh, okay, cool. Now I know. (laughs) So we want to thank you all for taking time to listen to us here on flame on. We hope that you are enjoying this episode and everything else that we put out for you. Uh, Be sure to check out our website at flameonshow.com to keep up with all of our social media and where you can find us outside of our podcasting medium. We also have links to our Threadless shops. If you want to get some Flame On swag, you can do so there. You can also link to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Flame On Show, where you'll be able to find our four new Patreon levels and uh, the great perks and swag that uh, that go along with that. We actually just got our pins, so our house members will be seeing the pins uh, in the not-too-distant future coming to them via mail. And they are so cute. So excited for people to see them. If you want to join up, help support our show, and get some great swag, then head over to patreon.com forward slash flame on show. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right. So we talked about the good. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts, the of, facts life. of life. Facts of life. Mrs. Garrett. Girls, girls. girls. <laughs> so um, I, I guess we won't start with BJ. So we'll go back around the other way. Uh, let's talk about oh, some things that were. You said you didn't have anything negative. Oh yeah, no, no. You are you are absolutely correct. It is it is a perfect flame score for me. So I've got no complaints. 
Uh, so let's go back around. Brian, what were some, uh, some maybe some misses or things that left you feeling a little lacking on Loki? I mean, if I have to pick anything, it's that I think the pacing of the show is weird. I do see it fit like in this sort of middle part. And so the beginning is one thing and then they, they kind of hit this mid season sort of reveal. And then the second half, something else, but the pacing, I think this show would have been largely benefited with a few extra episodes in there to fill in some of the extra gaps and sort of make the pacing feel a little more. Uh, I don't even know. Just it, it, it was still so good. But um, and if anything, I guess the pacing choices just surprised me. I did not expect the way that the whole um, what are they called? The time time lords? Not the no, it's not the time lords. <laughs> that's enough. That's Doctor Who. What, what, what are the people called? What are the the the, the, the statues? The, the robots? space lizards? Space lizards? Yeah. What are they? The lords of time? The, the, the timekeepers? Timekeepers. Time thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So the timekeepers, that whole reveal, I mean, you know, okay. Yeah, it's great cliffhanger ending, right. You know, but I just, uh, I, I don't know. I wanted more time with some of the characters. I wanted more time with Mobius. I wanted more wacky misadventures of Mobius and, uh, and, uh, and, and Loki by themselves before Sylvie even comes into the picture. I also don't, I don't love the way they revealed Sylvie. I mean, I get, we're not supposed to like her right away and it's supposed to build into that. And she's sort of a, sort of an unsympathetic character, but there was certainly something in the way they did that, that I didn't love. Um, but it's still great. Like if I went back and I wanted to watch this show again, I would probably skim through some of the, I would watch the first episode, maybe skim through the second and third, but then once like they capture, you know, Loki and Sylvie or they're in Immortal or they're in, um, Lamentus or whatever. I mean, that's, that's, that's the roller coaster ride hitting the top of the peak and coming down. That's the, that's the fun part. If you like roller coasters, cause I don't, you know, but I'm assuming <laughs> that works. Gotcha. Eric, what were some uh, things that left you lacking on Loki? Um, apart from just more Loki variants and we needed at least one Owen Wilson. Uh, wow. Um, I think, yeah, the pacing, they could have, had even two more episodes um just because there's really nothing butting up against it exactly um there's no movie coming out within the next month or two that needs the story to be done um so they had a they had time i think well Um, i think the the only thing to that i think it was because of black widow the way that the scheduling came out, I think Loki ended right before. Was it the Wednesday before Black Widow debuted in theaters? I believe so. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I know there's a gap now. And I mean, we're getting what if in the next uh, like in two-ish weeks. But I think that was the thing. It was Loki right into Black Widow. Then there's a gap. And then their scheduling got thrown off a little bit. But pretty much it was like, one or two weeks in between everything was kind of the the way that it was set up to to run throughout the year. But I agree with you. Um, but yeah, other than that, I just think it was pretty solid all the way around. Gotcha. I mean, I, I agree with both of you on pacing. Um, BJ can, can, can have his uh, perfect pacing for it. I thought that <laughs> it was uh, interesting the way that it all kind of rolled out. With it, Lamentis to me felt like, like I know it was important, but for some reason that episode lacked the most to me. I liked the train 
portion of it, like leading up into all of that. But there was something that I just, I, it didn't resonate with me the same way. Um, and I, I would have liked to have seen more episodes. The other part of it, and it's funny because I, I, this time around, a lot of times when we have these deep dive microsode conversations, we, um, I don't watch like the pitch meeting beforehand. And this time I actually did watch it. And it, if you have any, like, you're like, maybe there's something I'm not putting my finger on as to why I felt a little off about the show. Watch the pitch meeting because there are definitely some things that it calls out that I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, Loki, this Loki, when he gets picked up by the TVA legit just came off of, um, the battle of New York, mm-hmm. murdering people, killing Phil Coulson. This is not the Loki we had in Endgame who was killed trying to protect the Asgardians that made it off of Asgard uh, during Ragnarok and trying to save them. This is evil, murderous Loki. And apparently a slideshow is what made him a good person through all of that. Like They really rushed the character development of it. They were like, here's the Loki that was a villain, but we know that you know the Loki of Endgame and where he ended up. It just seemed like it went really quickly into that. So I wish they would have done a little bit more to flesh out him growing and getting to that point. It would have still been really tough to do in six episodes. But with the shift of the focus going to Sylvie, as soon as they introduce her, there is no more time for him to grow. His entire character development pretty much ends with Sylvie's introduction. Because from there, he's just reacting to Sylvie. And it doesn't really allow him to grow into anything more. He gets stunted by her portion, like her being part of the show. Don't get me wrong. I like Sylvie. And I'm not mad about her being a part of it and this being what it does. To get to that point of, you know, he who remains slash Immortus slash Kang slash that guy but it it just seems like it, it it went through really quickly while also feeling a little slow at times <laughs> the show felt slow loki's character growth was at breakneck pace uh, there's a lot of talking you, you know you're not wrong about the pacing and the, the the first three episodes there's just a lot of talking and that's weird but like you kind of get it and if they the Rowan wilson and tom hiddleston weren't so good and and charismatic it wouldn't have worked you know and and the and to eric's uh, thing earlier to the art design around them and the world that they were sort of built i mean that's why that works at all but you read it on a page and you sit there and go these two dudes are just talking the whole time (laughs) like why is this good tv that script was mighty thick absolutely mighty thick um and then uh but i mean overall I, i did like the show so for anybody listening that's like String him up because he's talking bad about Loki. Um, the only other thing that I wish there was more of was Haley Kyoko's demons in that episode at the beginning where um, Sylvie's trying to get into C20's mind to find out where uh, the timekeepers are. Because that I, that was an unexpected surprise. And I was so happy when I started the episode and the beginning of Demon starts playing. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know this song and I was so excited for it. So <laughs> it was, uh, it was definitely a, a pleasant surprise, but I wish there was more of it. I'm, I'm uh, also happy. Anytime uh, Jamie Alexander gets to come back and be Sif. 
Oh yeah, this is true. And I mean, I mean, she got a good sized cameo out of it, but I I just miss her character through all the Thor movies. And I Shield, heard... you know, when yeah. she showed up there, it's like she's been in everything. She's been in all of the Marvel thing. It's it's great. She's a great character. I think she's coming back, isn't she? There was talk about her coming, her reprising the role of Sif. They didn't kill her point. off, right? No, I don't remember. Okay, good. Oh no, I think you're right because I think it's like Sif and uh, uh, and Jane Foster, Thor, and um, yeah, she's, uh, Valkyrie. She's, yeah, she's supposed to be in Love and Thunder. So good. Um, I uh, if you're on Facebook, go to our website. Uh, go to our website. Well, you can go to our website and find our Facebook link. But if you're on Facebook, you can just look for Flame On Show, and you will find our uh, our Facebook page. I posted the link. It is an interview with Kazra Farahani who is the art designer who it was so influential and, and she cites all of the different influences and locations that they, they cited or they used or whatever. And it is a great deep dive into the look of Loki. So if this, the look of Loki interests you at all. And I know it did Eric and I, at least please go check that out. It's up on our Facebook page. Love it. Love it. I honestly, I'm, I'm glad that we got to chat about it. I know that we didn't go uh, as in depth as we do on some of our other shows, but uh, there is much more that's going to be able to be talked about once we get through uh, more Phase 4 movies and we see more of Jonathan Majors and uh, the army of Kangs. Uh, because Kang in the comics has many different iterations, including Immortus. And uh, I know there's a few others. I, I know he's tied into Franklin Richards and the Fantastic Four. And there's a, Kang does a lot. So, He's Iron Lad. He's uh, in Young Avengers. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. Because I know there's like super old Kang, there's super young Kang, there's uh, like Kang before he became Kang, all of those. So I'm excited to see them kind of um, dive into all of that. When we saw Loki make his way back into the TBA at the end of uh, the finale and seeing the Kang statue uh, in the TBA. Watching the multiverse split off was really cool at the end when uh, Sylvie stabs He Who Remains and watching the branches go. That was entertaining. That episode uh, is gripping and you don't know where it's going to go at any moment. And Jonathan Majors, I mean, we all knew who's amazing from Lovecraft Country and what he had done prior. I I mostly know his work from Lovecraft Country. So, Uh, but. The way he played that role, and I guess a lot of it was sort of improvised, not the, the dialogue as much, but no one really knew because it was, it, was, it was after they came back from a COVID pause in production, like how he was going to render the part. And they didn't get to like really work with him ahead of time. And like he would just do things and the camera would just have to stay on him. I think the whole jumping on the desk was sort of a surprise. And so if you watch it, there's moments where that camera is just lingering on him and seeing what he's going to do next. So like that energy is fascinating. You don't see that a lot in television. It's 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 kind of cool to see. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited for whatever weird incarnations that we're gonna get of uh, Immortus Kang, whoever. <laughs> and one last thing in regards to that, and I don't know if this was actually done intentionally or not, but there is uh, I forget what what site it was, but there is an article that talks about the synchronization of Loki and WandaVision because it's hard to mm-hmm. put where they're at. They're at the end of time. So when certain things happen and especially considering, well, you say you're, you're not sure, you know, not sure how things were going to go. And it's like, 
well, we know that the multiverse is happening because we've got Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness coming, you know, in the not too distant future, already teased by WandaVision. But in that scene where uh, he who remains is talking to them and he drops the pen and he says that we've crossed the threshold, it syncs up uh, time wise with WandaVision's final episode where Catherine Hahn's uh, Agatha Harkness drops and hits the ground and Wanda turns into the Scarlet Witch. And then that's right after like time code wise, right after she becomes the Scarlet Witch, that's when he who remains says we've crossed the threshold. So it's, it's very interesting whether or not that was intentional. That is a fantastic piece of synchronicity within the, uh, the, the projects coming out of Marvel. So, well, where do you think this is going to go with the whole madness of was it multiverse of madness? Yeah. Like, I mean, we've got the Wanda set up. We've got the multiverse reborn set up. Like, I, like what are they going to do? How are they going to mingle all this and still keep like the Loki series? Cause Loki, evidently Tom Hiddleston was confirmed fairly late uh, in uh, multiverse of madness. At least that's the, the talk. I don't know if it's an official, like, Oh, there's a poster with him, but um, you know, how is that all going to fit together? Do you have a theory? Do you guys know? Uh- I just I don't think they're ever going to close the multiverse. I don't think it'll go back to just one universe. I think it's going to continue to be a multiverse. Um, but I mean, how does it fit within Wanda's like and Doctor Strange? I mean, because no, it's a Doctor Strange movie. Hopefully, he has a fairly prominent role. Like, what is what is that like? How does it all fit together? You know, that's what I'm most curious about. Is I don't have an answer. No, I don't know. Nobody knows. But like, they're obviously trying to drive the multiverse as this new phase four plus thing going forward well, like like you said they're not going to close it off again i don't think well I, I assume that wanda's role is searching for her kids and stealing them from another universe um where they were born and potentially she's dead but the kids are still there uh, or she just steals them fringe style <laughs> <laughs> oh eric <laughs> delightful <laughs> I forgot about that. Actually, that is a great show. Anyone who, and this is a show that a lot of younger listeners may not have ever heard of. I don't know. Think of like the X-Files, which you might have sort of been familiar with. And, and imagine like a multiverse version of X-Files. That's Fringe. And Fringe did such great work. Even more, I mean, Doctor Who doesn't do multiverse very often. It's mostly time travel stuff, right? A little bit of multiverse. But but the Fringe did a great job of laying the foundation of how you would treat the multiverse in in television and then that show um with jk simmons which i only watched a little bit of uh that's on amazon i forgot the name of it but that one's also kind of the same thing kind of in the same ballpark um but yeah i don't know pat what do you think how's how's wanda and dr strange and loki gonna have a how are they gonna party i've got a theory that it's a demon a dancing demon no (laughs) something isn't right there um mephisto (laughs) of course Master Penny with with baby hands. Oh my god. He's gonna have baby hands. Uh no, I honestly I don't know how it's gonna all play out. We've seen um references to Nexus. We've seen um Wanda, I think we refer to as a Nexus being, or at least Nexus being um in the commercial in WandaVision. We had um Ms. Minutes talking about Nexus events. We have all of these talks about Nexus events. I and I I don't know how it's going to play out. Um, I do like the fact that they are kind of playing with amalgams of all the different, these 
plots that we've seen before uh, in the comics, I should say, not that we've seen before in the shows. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out once we get to uh, not even just that, like there's even talk that Spider-Man No Way Home is going to involve multiversal aspects to it. And potentially, you know, that's how you're going to have a um, a Tobey Maguire cameo, a uh, an Andrew Garfield, you know, uh, cameo, uh, possibly even Matt Murdock, you know, like uh, or Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock type of thing. So I'm I I am excited to watch how it unfolds. I don't have any theories on what's going to happen, um, but this will be fun to watch. So, uh, do you have any theories on what you what you could see happening? Oh, gosh. No, that's the thing. I don't. I'm sitting here like, how does it play out? What's the genesis? How do you how do you tell the through line from the previous Doctor Strange stuff? Because, you, you know, that I mean, it's been forever since I saw that first movie. I mean, that it, that was what, four or five years ago, at least, I think thereabouts, maybe four. Uh, I, I just it's going to be a lot to do in one movie. Um, you know, like, how are they going to tie all this together and, and still make it a good Marvel movie? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm well, I'm I, excited I think, too. I think well, I think the multiverse is going to be the entire phase 4. I mean, it's not going to or potentially go on more phases than that. Um, so I don't think they have to do too much heavy lifting in one movie, but I just feel like that and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong in the sequencing here. So the next one is uh, Shang-Chi, right? Yeah. And, which and I don't think they'll deal with it at all. Probably not. And then Eternals, which might but may not right and then we get spider-man whatever yeah. home <laughs> what's the new no one way. no, <laughs> no way home so that one i think and, and then after that we get dr strange i think dr strange isn't until like next calendar. Yeah. well who's first ant-man or dr strange that's a good question i feel like because, it's... because ant-man will directly have kang in it Right, it's the only one they've confirmed, but like I feel like it's Doctor Strange first. But anyway, these are all great questions, and is so much to figure out in the next phase of this whole nonsense. It it's a delightful distraction from the rest of the crazy world that we're in. Uh, so I mean, if you guys have theories, please let us know on our uh, Facebook or Instagram, or hunt us down on socials, however you find us, because uh, I'd I'd love to know what you think. Because you might be right. Somebody figured out WandaVision. Somebody, I think, figured Loki out at some point. I mean, pretty much as soon as you started seeing the TVA and some other stuff, I think people were calling Kang or something showing up at the end. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm at a loss. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch when it comes out and how it all plays out. And uh, Kevin Feige and the team at Marvel have uh, yet to really disappoint us. So I have complete faith that they will put together a, a compelling and an entertaining ride through the multiverse and how this is going to impact everything going forward. So, uh, but like Brian said, if you have theories, if you want to share your theories, you want to share your thoughts about Loki, hit us up, hit us up directly via email. All of our emails are, you can find them all through clicking on us on our website, playmonshow.com. You can hit us up on all of our social media. Again, all linked through playmonshow.com. Um, and then, uh, tell your friends, hit up our Patreon, hit up our threadless shop, if you do buy Threadless um, merch of ours, take pictures, tag us, let us know. We would love to see it out there. And then uh, for our patrons, when uh, our swag gets to you, do the same. Let us know. Show it off. And um, yeah, 
until next time when we reconvene here for another pop culture roundup uh it's been a delight and we will see y'all next time babioch ciao bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 